Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Jacob Halbrun, the editor of the National Interest, a Spectator USA columnist and uh, one of our, in fact, I think the most frequent of uh, our Americano guests. Jacob, thank you for joining us. Let's talk about Kavanaugh because the Senate have just voted on clôture, which means that the it looks very much as though the nomination will happen. In fact, it's pretty much guaranteed now. And finally, this huge drama that has gripped America over the last two, three weeks particularly can maybe come to an end. What do you think? What's your snap verdict on the on the fact that he's now going to be a Supreme Court justice? No, no, Freddie. It will not come to an end, no matter what the outcome of the vote is. It's true that Kavanaugh will likely become a Supreme Court justice. Susan Collins has said she'll announce her decision at 3 p.m. today. But if Kavanaugh is, in fact, a Supreme Court justice, the Democrats will use this as much as they can in the coming weeks to try and galvanize their supporters to show up at the polls in November. At the same time, the Republicans, and especially President Trump, have seized upon Democratic opposition to Kavanaugh to try and motivate the Republican base. So I don't think that this issue is ending at all. The only question is, as Lenin said, who, whom, which party will benefit if Kavanaugh is confirmed? Well, my... Uh, instinct, and I suspect you'll disagree with me, is that the Republicans will benefit because I I think that the Democrats were actually looking quite good before the whole Kavanaugh uh, hoo-ha. And um, actually, latest polls suggest that they're dipping a bit, and it may well be because of this, because I actually think a lot of people were quite disgusted by the Democrats. Um, they were appalled by it. Perhaps this is because I'm a man. But I think that the latest polling, there was a piece on Axios last night, suggests that, and certainly Republican strategists, think that it's, it's worked in their favor. Am I wrong? Well, well, yes. I mean, you're, no, you're not wrong. So far, the Republican Party appears to have benefited from an upsurge of enthusiasm over widespread outrage among conservatives, both men and women, that white males are being unfairly tarred as, by definition, sexual predators, and that unwarranted, uncorroborated allegations are being hurled at Kavanaugh, and that this could occur to anyone, and that, that in fact, this is the real witch hunt. Now, it is possible that though it, this could also be a return to World War One, whose who, the end of the hundredth anniversary of the end of World War One, by the way, is on November eleventh. We could be seeing a rich trench warfare developing between Republicans and Democrats. That in fact both sides, to some degree, benefit. So it ends up being a prolonged stalemate. So. You think that it it they're both they're both using this to rally their base. That much is obvious, uh, and you think that they will 
I mean, I don't really see how both sides benefit. I mean, there has to be a victor really in 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 November, the midterms. Well, when I say benefit, I mean that it could be a stalemate, that it may invigorate each side, that there may just more voters may show up at the polls than than would have otherwise. But for the moment, the Republicans seem quite happy because and because they're banking on the fact that their supporters were not as mobilized and had become somewhat complacent about the midterms. So the hope is that the Kavanaugh nomination will, in fact, mobilize the Republicans. Now, the Democrats, it could be that this is coming out optimally for the Democrats, though, because will Republican anger dissipate if Kavanaugh is confirmed? And will the anger that's percolating in America be there for the Democrats to exploit? Because the Republicans will have won and the election is still over four we- about four weeks away. That's an eternity. That's, that's what I think you may be right in that the way to win elections now is to be on the side of the person who's against the system. And clearly, if uh, Kavanaugh is confirmed, that suggests the system worked for the right. And therefore, the Democrats will have the, the righteous anger, which the Republicans could have felt if they'd been scuppered. So almost, you know, if you were to be a Machiavellian advisor of Trump, you might say you'd you'd be better off uh, if if you'd let Kavanaugh be be um, sunk. Right. There was some brief speculation that he was in fact hoping that Kavanaugh would go down. Mm. But I think Trump will will still he will crow and bluster that this is a huge triumph for him and that Kavanaugh and he are both men who have been unfairly assailed Mm. by women. So it will be a victory for the GOP and Trump. And for Senator Mitch McConnell, the wager is that getting getting Kavanaugh on the court for decades does solidify the conservative majority Mm. and that that could have tremendous consequences. In essence, that the Republicans control a third branch of government. And I mean, it, we, we also have to take into account that the midterms aren't really, I mean, they are, everyone's now making it about Trump, but they are about the Republican Party. And if the Republican Party had failed to get their candidate because some of some Republicans had voted against him, then there could have been public, ang- there could have been conservative anger against the Republican Party. So it could have, it could have actually worked either way. That's absolutely right. And so what, uh, what, what do you think will happen? So we think that uh, you, you think you'll have highly mobilised bases on both sides. Was there a similar thing in 1991 when Clarence Thomas um, was confirmed after a, a very similar story, really, wasn't it? Um, was there a similar response among the electorate? No. In that election, it was so... Well... During the Thomas nomination helped the Democrats because women voters were mobilized. And you had, that was the year that Dianne Feinstein became a senator. It was called the year of the woman. So the the fear among Republicans is that you'll have independent suburban women voters who decide many of these elections will in fact turn against the Republican Party and ensure that there's a landslide in the House of Representatives. Because we are actually the in Senate, we, we are sort of in the year of the volatile. woman. 
we're in the year of the woman too, aren't we? In 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 the sense that, you know, the Me Too movement is going on. It's a huge cultural motive, culturally motivating issue for people. Right, and uh, but Trump is, in some ways, poor. You know, he's been exploiting it as much as he can, and he's done it quite effectively. The only question that we'll find out is just how reliable is his base? Can he, in fact, motivate them to turn out for an election in which he himself is not officially on the ticket? And and what do you think? Do you think the Republicans are overplaying the, the power of his base? No, I think it's all Trump has. So I think as, as far as his strategy is concerned, he uh, he probably made the right call for himself. Now, when it comes to the Republican Party, that's another question. This election will be pivotal in deciding, does the Republican Party double down on the Trump formula and come through in reasonably intact fashion? Or is it reduced to the hardcore rump of conservatives who have aligned themselves with Trump. It's, it's, it's as much a pivotal election for the country as it is for the Republican Party itself. But you have this quite amusing spectacle of sort of people trying to ape Trump in some way or to ape Trumpism or appeal to Trumpism on one hand while being fairly normal mainstream Republican or traditional, traditional is the wrong word perhaps, but let's say, establishment uh, Republicans on the other, and they end up sort of falling a little bit between both stools. That's right. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm not... I was trying to think if, for a British audience, if, if they are representative of, say, the Whigs that appear in the Palliser novels by Anthony Trollope, mm. where... They're neither fish nor fowl. Uh, That sort of Republican, the establishment Republican, is almost as dead as the dodo bird. The remnants are people like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. I don't even think you can call Jeff Flake in that uh, camp because he's more of a rock-ribbed conservative. Yes, he's a sort of libertarian in origin, isn't he? Yes, but they they too have stomach aches when it comes to Trump mm. because they don't like. Well, Flake has made his disagreements, including on the free trade, as a is a huge dividing issue in the Republican Party. But so, but I mean, I think that the the sort of usual conservative take on it is that uh, the Republican Party is already the Trump the party of Trump. They just haven't all realized it yet. Not sure that's true because Trump needs to consolidate his hold on the party. He keeps getting these rebellions uh, that that take place. So one thought is that maybe some of the real hardcore Trumpers are not unhappy about the idea of the Republican Party losing a lot of seats in this election because it would be the moderate, more moderate Republicans who would vanish. So their thought is you you just reduce it to the hard essence that backs the Trump agenda and you get rid of the wets, as it were. 
is it not also true that stories like the Kavanaugh story actually end up meaning that there are fewer wets in the public? As in, you, you know, you sort of have to pick a side now because things are so tribal and so partisan. Yes, and it has. Pro- there's even a schism in the ranks of the Never Trumpers, mm. who some of them, such as Brett Stevens, wrote a column in the New York Times. I don't know if you saw it, praising Trump as a bully who can stand up to bullies. Mm. So Kav- Kavanaugh is is a creature of the conservative establishment. So it would it's very hard for someone like Stevens or other conservatives to turn against him. They may dislike Trump, but the Kavanaugh, the brouhaha over Kavanaugh is prompting them to become more sympathetic to Trump. Yes, because, well, the, the, the big insult for Republicans is being called a rhino, right? A Republican in name only. And you could sort of oppose Trump on, as you call it, stomach reasons, but uh, but now you now you have the rise of the Dino, the Democrat in name only. Correct, Joe Manchin will be furiously targeted by the base if he decides to vote for Kavanaugh, which he which I suspect he will. And what is his reasoning? Well, he wants to. He's always been a more conservative Democrat, and. He's 12 points ahead in West Virginia. I don't think he wants to take any chances. Kavanaugh in the polls appears to be quite popular in West Virginia. And Murkowski, that is a matter of principle for her because she could actually be shooting herself in the foot um, by opposing Kavanaugh. Maybe. I'm not sure. She didn't win the last Republican primary and then ran as an an independent uh, and won. So she's relying on... Alaskan voters who don't tend to be as conservative. If she went against them, she might be in real trouble next time. Am I right in thinking that Alaska has a very surprisingly strong male majority? Yes. Why is that? Well, I was just there in Alaska, and I have to tell you, it's uh, it's no picnic living there. It's about two months to maximum three of sunshine there, and then the rest of it is snow and apparently minus 60 degree weather in howling winds. No sane person would want to live there. Yeah. Um, but yet they, uh, yeah, their politics is not as um, hardline conservative as people would imagine. No, no. But they are, they are fairly independent in Alaska. Yes. Um, like in New Hampshire or something. Where, where, of course, Sarah Palin had her start in Alaska. But she's actually moved out of Alaska, I think, to another state. Yes. Well, so what so the, your conclusion then is that we will have to wait and see as to who is the who's been more mobilized. But let's have a little prediction as to I mean, it looks in the polls as though the Republicans will keep the Senate and lose the House. Um how badly do you think they'll lose the House and uh, do you think they'll keep the Senate? Um, I'll say that they'll lose the House by 60 seats, 6-0. Wow. And that if they win the Senate, it will only be only be narrowly. I'm still be surprised if they keep the Senate. My guess is that the Democrats will be able to capitalize on the investiture of Kavanaugh 
as another instance of the Washington elite and swamp propelling a privileged white man into power despite his past peccadilloes. This is the way Democrats will present it, and it does tie in with populist themes. We, at the beginning, you said that you thought that I said suggested that the Kavanaugh, you know, America might move on from the Kavanaugh thing, and you said on the contrary, you know, this is sort of just the beginning almost. With Clarence Thomas, um, it was a d- defining issue for some people. There was an interesting piece in the Washington Times about how Andrew Breitbart, the um, founder of the now very famous Breitbart website, was sort of his conservatism was formed when he watched um, the Clarence Hill Anita Thomas. Uh, Imbroglio, Anita Hill, sorry, uh, Imbroglio. I mean, do you think this is going to be one of these sort of historical moments that defines politics for a long time? I believe it will eclipse the Thomas hearings. It's it's hitting a much broader section of the country. It fits right in with the Me Too movement, as you noted. And if the Democrats win the House they may hold hearings on Kavanaugh. I don't believe that he will ever be fully accepted as a Supreme Court justice in the country. In the way that Thomas and that, was. No, yes, that's, that's correct. And it could turn Justice Roberts into the swing vote on the court. But, I mean, I just thought actually just from a uh, judicial perspective – you know, everybody says judges have to try and be above politics, but of course they aren't. And Kavanaugh's first big decision, he'll have a strong incentive to be unconservative with it, won't he? Because he'll have to be, he'll have to prove to a very sceptical uh, country that he is, uh, he's not a, a firebrand, Fox News loving right winger. Well, the question is, though, if he goes down the Clarence Thomas route, he may be so embittered by the experience that he simply doesn't care. As a Supreme Court justice, you are, in effect, an independent sovereign. He can do whatever he likes. Yes. Well, it'll be very interesting to see. Jacob, um, speak to you soon. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. (laughs) 